You're listening to Felony Podcast with your host, Dave Dahl, on the Startup Radio Network. The Felony Podcast explores ex-felons that have gone on to launch their own startups. We explore the ups, the downs, the behind-the-bar stories with these founders. Felony Podcast airs every Friday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. My name is Mark Grimes, co-founder of Startup Radio Network. Also with us in the studio, Dave's partner in crime, Lad Justison. Um, this is our first episode. Prepare yourself for the unedited, the authentic, the edgy, the real, and uh, there'll be bumps, and let's just roll with it. So right now, welcome, everybody. Hey. Let's do this, motherfuckers. Awesome. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. There it goes. Okay. Um, well, Dave, let's just start with you and, and tell, your, tell our listeners a little bit about some of your, your background story, and uh, we'll roll from there. Well, I'm uh, pretty much just uh, a guy who's come from hell and uh, and made it to heaven. I uh, most of my life growing up, I I had challenges of depression and uh, low self-esteem and you know depression. Uh, is that what I said? And just um, you know, treated eventually started treating it with various drugs, self-treating. And uh, all that, eventually all it did is just lead me to several prison sentences, total of 15 years in prison, um, criminality, of course. And during my last prison sentence, I was fortunate enough to, you know, experience a transformation beginning in 2001. And uh, all that started with <clears throat> basically waving the white flag and saying, I need help, which was in prison was a big deal uh, to go there. Um, the eventual result of that several years later was the creation of Dave's Killer Bread um, with my family business, and that was just the, uh, an amazing experience for me. Um, there were several aspects of that that just uh, were phenomenal and are still phenomenal, and I'm trying to uh, just uh, continue on with, with that sort of good seed that was planted. That's great. Well, um I'm kind of attacking this like we're meeting for the first time. So, um, so why bread? Why did you go in that direction? Well, it just uh, my family's uh, bread people, and uh, my dad was a, a baker back in starting. A, you know, he had his own company, baking company, starting in '55, 1955. So I grew up baking, and when I, you know, as a child and you know, growing up, I really didn't want to do it. I thought, man, this is really uncool. And, um, and and when you think it's uncool, it is. And so I rebelled against the entire, everything my family was about, including my uh, Seventh-day Adventist upbringing. And it kind of um, sent me on a journey. And eventually the journey, uh, the first leg of the journey being a very long one, including prison and all that, um, resulted with me getting back to the family business and coming back to bread and you know I would have I would have been able to actually you know the things I had learned in prison uh, taught me to create taught me that I could create and design and uh, as, in fact I was a computer-aided drafter in there and I learned that that skill and I felt like I was going to continue on those uh, in that direction but I was you know I started seeing the opportunity for designing bread and that there was market potential uh, for bread and so I got out and did that and I had opportunity to go with the family again which was a complete about face from where I had been right can you share with listeners the story of because I mean the Dave's Killer Bed brand is an incredible brand obviously you guys has had some discussions about did you want to go that how, how did you decide to go in that direction to build that, that brand Basically, the family's brand, being Nature Bake at the time, um, was actually my brother had created that brand, but it was the company was essentially a um, it was, the business kept going by private label uh, manufacturing, Coman, and that was you know that was keeping the bills getting paid, and my brother was doing okay on that. Um, but my when I got out there was a need for something to happen. And I thought I would just create great bread. Uh, and Well, actually, cookies is what I started out with. 
And, uh, you know, my brother kind of set me, he said, let's, let's make cookies. You know, redesign the cookie line and um, so on. But uh, I redesigned the cookie line to, to fit more modern needs. And then I uh, started on my own cookies. <laughs> and uh, I was having a lot of fun with that. And my brother's like, well, he, you know, I didn't really want you to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, I really would like you to, to do what we really do well, and that's bread. And I'm like, dude, I'm, you know, right in the middle of this. <laughs> right. I've got great ideas here. But, you know, so actually it was a challenge to, to restart and have to go, bread oh my god you know right. i'm fighting against the big guys here and but we had the advantage of being able to um you know we we're small enough to be able to do things that the big guys couldn't and that's what i focused on uh i looked at the best stuff that i thought was the best and best selling stuff that was whole grain and healthy mm-hmm. and uh learned how to replicate that and with replication um uh, I began to realize what was important about the bread, what made it better, what could make it better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it means you have to spend more money. Right. Basically, you have right. to be willing. You have to be willing to uh, sell a loaf of bread that costs more. Right. Especially when you're dealing with uh, lesser efficiencies and things right. like the bigger guys have. Right. Uh, so. When, when you launched the... the, the Dave's Killer Bread brand, did the two exist equally for a while, or did the, uh, it, how did that roll well, out? Well, we always like? hoped that Nature Bake would continue to grow. Okay. Uh, but it, it just really was over. Okay. And eventually, uh, Dave's Killer Bread eclipsed it, and yep. Nature Bake became a, um, a pain, a thorn in our side, yep. and we just had to move on. Okay. All right. Lad. Yes. How, <laughs> how did you meet Dave? Well, back in 1998... Um, I was serving time at uh, Snake River Institution in uh, Ontario, Oregon, and I walked out in the yard and seen this funny guy sitting there playing a guitar. And you uh, saw this massive, good-looking dude. <laughs> well, that's what all that's the, the way other, I remember. It. That's what all the other inmates were saying. <laughs> but so I walked up and asked him if I could jam with him and uh, sit down and jam with him a little bit, and uh, we built a friendship from there. I've known him since then, and. Pretty much every day regret it, but, <laughs> you know. Meeting Lad actually made me stop judging child molesters as much. No, he's not. That's why we brought um, MJ with us today, because <laughs> we're proving a point that we still associate with the undesirables. <laughs> Hello. A fact. There you go. Well, Michael, same question, I guess. How did you uh, get involved with these rascals? Yeah, the rascals, right. <laughs> I'm uh, kind of a goody two-shoes, too, but... Um, Not so much. <laughs> barely a speeding ticket. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um, back in the t- end of 2008, I was on a trip to Portland, actually for the first time, and um, the woman I was with uh, had... Uh, a loaf of Dave's Killer Bread and said, try this. And so I was like, man, this is like amazing. I mean, the typical story of Dave's Killer Bread, right? And right. so I read the little story in the back and I got to meet this guy. And so I emailed him and he emailed me back like in 10 minutes. It was kind of crazy. And we ended up uh, having breakfast and we talked and he said, we were just kind of talking like, oh, what do you do? And, da, da, da. and anyways, he started talking about this video that he had made and uh, he wasn't totally satisfied with it, but he um, uh, he was going to send it to me, and I said, hey, you know, my background is as a music composer, producer. I wasn't totally satisfied with it. Yeah, I, yeah. I was like, oh, my God, I can't use this. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so I, I wanted to be more diplomatic. <laughs> but he, um, I said, you know, hey, uh, send me the video when it's, done, when it's ready, and let me see if I can spruce it up with music, because I had a lot, of, a lot of success with advertising and a lot of music on network TV and everything, you know, high-energy stuff. Right. And music can really change the, the, the impact of, of video. So I, um, he sent me the video. I, did a, I said, let me just do two minutes for free. If you like it, let's work out a deal. If you don't, don't worry about it. And so um, I was pretty confident. So I had a little video editing program, and I was like, yeah, it'd be actually be better if the video was like cut like this and da-da-da. So I actually moved the video around with the music and kind of got into the video editing aspect. And um, I sent it back, and he's like, dude, this fucking rocks. You need, you need to redo the whole video. You're the guy. And I was like, I've never the, really done video. The challenge was uh, 
fortunately, he was working for pretty cheap at the time because that's the only way that we could do it. You right. know, we didn't have a budget for this. So you were kind of still getting feet wet with Dave's Killer Bread. You weren't, hmm. weren't in Costco yet? Mm-hmm. We, yeah, we, it was quite a bit before Costco. Yeah. About a year, maybe. That's it, great. So I, I did it, and, and he loved it, and we've been good friends and, and real friends. You know, conflict and working through things and right. problems and right. here in different, his life. Different well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I also wanted to say that, uh, you know, the reason for the video that I always needed, I felt like I needed that video platform was that I was beginning to speak. People were always asking to hear my story, and I, I realized there was a just a huge demand for it, and how am I going to do this? Uh, am I going to prepare a speech that I give all the time? Um, no, I I just thought a video would rock would rock it, and then people could actually see it and right. show it to their friends and do all this kind of stuff, and it'd be much more uh, effective. And mm-hmm. um, the first attempt at that was, you know, I wrote basically the storyline out, um, and we and I thought that would work. But the story itself, without you know, when you're watching it, just reading a story to somebody is not going to work. <laughs> so I, I figured that after because I basically hired a, a really nice guy who was a, a, a wedding photographer, <laughs> and, you know, and you know that's if you can. Guess. That's going to create a different look and feel. Yeah, <laughs> and so that but we basically used the same um, the, what I had written to produce the next one, uh, and you know. It, Madge had his uh, magic touches to that storyline, but he also did a lot of, uh, you know, his own stuff. So, hmm. amazing. But, you know, I, I kind of liked the other one, uh, the wedding photographer, because you guys just don't know how good Dave looks in a wedding dress. <laughs> <laughs> um, is, is that video something that's still online that we can link to in show notes? Yeah, there's a... The original one? The original, original one, I think, is not... Okay. Like, there's 2009, then there's 10, because they did, like, a quick update. Okay. And, uh, yeah. And there's great reenactments in it. So, it was, yeah. it, it, one of his ideas was, was reenactments. I was like, you know, reenactments, that's bullshit. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, <laughs> and me doing my own reenactments. <laughs> and I was supposed to be this guy 20 years younger and stuff. And, and my partner in crime was, uh, was Lad. He was... It, I had... We had several local actors who weren't actors... <laughs> And uh, and Lad was one of them. So in, in one of the scenes, I I beat it, Lad. It was up. it was your partner in crime in the re- reenactments, not not in real life. No, no, <laughs> no. So I so in one of them, I start beating up Lad because he he ripped me off, and I'm I'm co- I'm collecting. Yeah. Uh, in the reenactments. Nice. But it, I think that's the one. I think it comes after the burglary scene where Lad's my partner, and yeah. we're breaking into this place. And uh, Lad's going. Lad's got the, his head all hunched up, you know, like he's. I mean, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> we should put the raw videos of that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just that. That'd yeah, be funny. but I think people should need to see. It. I think it would be great yeah. if we can okay. you know, direct people to that. Yep, we'll try to link to it in the show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, um, it was funny too because uh, when we were doing that scene where he busted my house, he sets me up actually with this good-looking girl who happened to be his girlfriend at the time, and so I opened the door to her and Dave rushes in and then beats me up on the couch and so he's doing this fake Dave's famous when it comes to me yeah. famous fake hit really hit me that's what he does <laughs> he does he does done that for a long time so he you know he busts in the house and I'm on the couch he throws me on the couch and does this fake hitting and he's really kind of hitting me you know well, and as soon as he stands up he goes you know what I think we should shoot that again <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I, I have I have a lot of experience being on the receiving end of those kinds of things, usually from uh, officers. And what, what, and and it, you know I was I was going stop resisting. <laughs> yeah. So now when whenever we're driving down the road and I see a cop car that has two cops in it, I turn to Dave and I say, "Look at those two cops looking at you. They're thinking to themselves, yeah, there's a guy right there, and he's a good beating." <laughs> That's funny. You know, at the um, today's one thing that I think is interesting about that video is that was in two thousand eight, and before content marketing was even a term, Dave mm. was Dave was doing it. Right. I mean, Facebook wasn't even. I think it had just oh seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't really public yet. Yep. You know, so Dave was really. I think I've always admired him as a as a marketer. Yep. And doing it for yourself about yourself is almost impossible. So his perspective and, and, and making the, it appealing to an yeah. audience absolutely mm-hmm. well yeah. it kind of started with just me being at the farmer's market and realizing that people loved my bread 
and they accepted me for who I was. I wasn't anything but that. This yeah. guy, ex-felon, who was making their bread, and they just, they, they seemed to love me, so I was like, well, um, I need to scale this. You mm -hmm. know, and that's where video and all that kind of stuff came. You know, yeah. Facebook became a huge thing. I started with MySpace. Oh, and wow. That, and that wasn't, uh, that wasn't bad. It was better than nothing. Right. That's what it was at the time. Yep. Yeah. Well, you were, you were just taking chances. Mm -hmm. and, and, and it sounds like not putting a lot of money into it. See what happens. Try the next thing. Try there, the next thing. There, well, was, no, there was no money. And I was, right. uh, I, was uh, I was driving an 89 Ranger for years and loving it, loving every minute of it. Yeah, mm -hmm. People, you just can't. I can't emphasize enough just how great life was just to be on this journey and not having any, uh, not caring about money. Mm -hmm. I was driving 89 Ranger and uh, lived in the only place that somebody would let me have. You know, right. I started out in my mom's garage right. and moved up to, uh, to the next place who, you know, would let me live there. It was the slums, basically. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I was happy. Okay, so, so our listeners, many of them don't know that, you know, Dave's Killer Bread sold in 15? 2015? Uh, started, uh, the first one was 2012. 12, okay. And the second one was 2015. Okay. So, the sold for about $275 million. Yeah. Do you, do you give a shit about money now? Uh, I mean, yeah. in a different way? What, well, what way? in a How different did, way now, because yeah. it's like, I, uh, I gotta stop spending it, you know? <laughs> it's like, okay, you, you, get, you get to where you lose perspective on money all mm -hmm. of a sudden, because I was never, since I never cared about money before, per se, I mm -hmm. just, just enough is all I needed. Um, now it's like, okay, wait a minute. Um, I got this money, so let's hold on to it because there's a there's a need. You know, now I need it. Now mm -hmm. I'm used to it. I got and I got all these assets. I got to take care mm -hmm, of, mm -hmm. uh, and employees. I got to I got to employ. You know, so uh, anyway, money has never been important to me. It's never been important for my peace of mind and happiness. Right. Um, the challenge actually after I started making money was to stay happy. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, that makes sense. No, I've seen a lot of people that have gone through that as startup founders that have had IPOs or exits where all of a sudden they have a big wad of cash and they're still the same people, but other things kind of change around them. You know, exactly. the weasels start calling oh, to, shit, hey, yeah. man, you know, I can help you handle your money and I can do this and here I can sell you this. And uh, there's no way for anybody to really expect that ahead of time until it starts to happen. Yeah. And there's nobody usually that you can turn around and look to and say – What's this all about? Yeah. Right? It's, it's like a lottery winner in a way. Yeah. I mean, in a way. Well, yeah, and it depends you know, how much you're ready for that. Some people get the money, and they've been looking to get money all their lives, and they're right. ready for it. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, but, but for me, it was, um, the, the challenge was, I was very open through Dave's Killer Bread. My whole, um, I was successful because I was open, and I, I entertained a lot of uh, opportunities. People would come to me. I had my in, in the beginning. I had my email address, daviddaveskillerbread.com, on the bread bag. Yeah. Wow. Because nobody knew me. I'm like, yeah. I want feedback, and I put the phone number, and I just couldn't wait for a phone call. You know, and it was like, what do you, you know, negative, positive it was, it was essential. Feedback was huge, and uh, you know, eventually. Um, it, that wasn't possible, but and that's and hence Facebook became such a great thing because right. I could speak to a lot of people at once. But it also opened up so many doors for other people to get to me, and uh, you know it got really big and impossible to handle. And sure. it's more and more people. But as I later on, when I became uh, more fin financially successful, um, it was you know then people were still coming at me like that. Absolutely. So, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, Dave when at the peak of uh, Facebook during Dave's Killer Bread, how many friends did you have on there? Do you remember? It might, you know, it was maybe a hundred grand, hundred thousand. Wow, close to it. Yeah, now there's probably a million something. You know. And do you still? I don't, you, no, it was originally my account. And okay. Now, the same account has, is the company account now. Okay. And well, I have I have no nothing to do with it. Probably better for you, right? Oh, heck, heck yeah. There's <laughs> no. Yeah, I can I can barely you know. I can barely look at the thing. It's, yeah. it's not mine. Yeah, I, yeah. I get that. When, when, when your contact info was on the bread packaging, which I love, do you recall a specific story that stood out as to somebody you met and then something really interesting happened out of that? Uh, the, the story? 
Me? Um, well, that, <laughs> yeah, who, who, many things. Uh, Michael, but, you don't count. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you, you can't take. You take. You can't be the guy. The story yeah, every time. Yeah, yeah. God. Do I? I uh, but I, I. I was not listening, of course. But I, what I gathered was that uh, was about the beginnings of the story, actually, and uh, why the story ended up on the back of the bag. I. Mm. I. I, uh, I was compelled to write my story. The original idea. Dave's Killer Bread uh, packaging was that, and my brother, this was my brother's idea, was to have a picture of me on the, I guess the style I had was 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 cool enough, uh, just being myself, that I made a good picture, so, I mean, people thought that that would be good, so I was me and my guitar on the back of the bag, a picture of that, and then a little bit, a little caption about my, about who I am. That was, that was, some people, uh, there was marketers that we were dealing with at the time, marketing people who said, Oh, that's not a good PR move. You know what I mean? They're, they're, wow. That's risky. You know, in the killer. Oh my God, that's people wow. gonna take that wrong. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So fortunately, we overcame that. But um, you know, at the time, I had to write my story out, and the, the, that story is not no longer on the packaging. Um, and in fact, a lot of my uh, my own personal touches are mm. gone. Mm-hmm. But the. I am still very proud of the original um, story that I put on, that I wrote on the back, mm-hmm. and I believe it's it's unfortunate that it's not there. It made my own, my opinion, but uh, I just it's kind of weird. It's kind of right. a drag to see that gone. But hey, Dave, you know you talk about um, talking about the word killer in your in your packaging. Uh, tell them the story about how you got on the radio for the first time. Well, it was actually the TV. Um, that, I, that he's talking about, mm-hmm. and uh, my my cousin um, actually called me uh, one day and he said, "Hey Dave," uh, and he was he was bummed out, you know. He was like, "They just called you a killer on TV," <laughs> and I was like, and, "You know." my mind was immediately like, whoa, good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why, why is that a problem? Right, I mean, right. it's like, sure, I mean, I don't really want to be known as a killer, but this is going to open doors. Right. If, they're, if they're that interested in me, look at this, you right. know? So uh, I ended up, at first I didn't know exactly how to do this, but I eventually got to the station's, uh, you know, mm-hmm. programmer or whatever, and I, I asked, uh, you know, what can we do about this? This, this wasn't true. Uh, you know, and they, they were like, well, why don't you just come on the show and speak for yourself? Right. And from that point on, I was doing live TV all the time. And it, But that, that some of that ended up on the, the video. You can actually see that. Um, you can actually, if you go and watch the video that we're going to tell you about, yep. uh, you can see some of that original, that original uh, th- live TV. That's cool. That's very cool. Um, and we'll try to find that original packaging to link to, too. I'm sure it exists out there oh, somewhere. Yeah, so we'll does. make that easier in for fact, our listeners. Make it DaveDahl360.com. Yeah. Okay. In fact, in fact the we video... Pull, we put all stuff up there. If you go to one, older versions of the video, they open, it opens up with a snap of that. So. Okay, great. Um, what else was I going to say? Oh, and, and you know, and that, that rumor's still out there. You know, oh, you know, Killer. Dave's killed people. And yeah. when people have said that to me, and said... <laughs> Yeah, he hasn't stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I kill, I kill him with kindness. There you now. go. Uh, yeah, you just true. you got to kind of say that real quietly. Yeah, yeah. Like, don't don't tell other people. But yeah, <laughs> that's still going on. <laughs> I, I've never been about hurting people, and um, I, I love people yeah. for the most part. So it's it's kind of uh, ironic that, that I get that, and then you know, there's always there's always a. Uh, an anomaly situation that, mm-hmm. that makes me look bad, and then oh god, everything's true about him. You know, that I think that's reflective of most people outside, and they're not understanding the whole prison system. They don't know it, or or which is a big part of what this show's obviously about is is you know people that have spent time in prison don't have a lot of opportunities outside. And, and don't have a lot of options other than to start something up for themselves um, or go down a bad path again and end up, you know, full circle back yeah, to a bad getting, place. Yeah, getting a job or becoming your own boss, um, either one can be just amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. So, but, you know, for me, what this show about 
show is about for me and what I would like to accomplish with this show is to show people how to overcome or give people, show people how people have done that as examples. I'm a good example. I have uh, seen hundreds, uh, maybe hundreds of, of folks do it in their own way. And what happens with, with that is that, um, you know, when someone has the, the good fortune and the accountability that it takes to turn their lives around, um, you you go from a bad seed to a good seed. A bad seed plants is, is a bad seed creates negativity in the world, mm-hmm. and it can be very exponential in a negative way. It can just you know because it, it 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 influences other negative uh, situations oh. and, and relationships. Mm-hmm. You just, did huh? you just cut one? Dude? No. It, it really did sound like it. <laughs> my hand, my hand slowed. Oh, yeah. Well, well he's, the old hand thing, he, we'll do that. You know, he was in prison. He's kind of loose. And sometimes, <laughs> he, sometimes he can't quite, you know, hold it in. But uh, yeah. anyway, so uh, overcoming is what it's all about. These guys, um, you know, when they, when they have the good fortune to do that, what happens is this turnaround in life takes... It, it has a uh, it's a two person swing. You lose the bad, you gain the good. And a good person, a, a go getter in the world who's going to get good, can really make a difference in the world. And uh, it's just exponential when someone turns their life around and, and understands their place in the world. You know something I, I you know as we get into this more and talk about um, and one question that I'll have for the guests that come in is uh, you know what are they doing for their employees? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because you know Dave was a great. Um, employer mm-hmm. when Dave had the bakery Dave did a lot of different things you know and of course we'll bring that up but uh, for the employees um, benefits wise um, their own uh, cafe mm-hmm. you know free to the to the employees and so forth and so on but you know Dave uh, yeah and a lot of that I, when it comes to the killer cafe and some of these things these were uh, team effort um, team efforts that the company, the overall management, uh, my brother, my nephew, and others that were involved came up. I never came up with the Killer Cafe idea. Uh, that was that was a different idea. And, but I um, was always all about, you know, I love the employees. You know, I, I, I realized just how... Um, I realize just how important human resources are, mm-hmm. you know, and I love people. I love, I love to see them overcome and succeed and how that affects their families, their, their, the businesses they work for, the communities and the world. You know, I, it's amazing. Did you interview personally all the people that applied there? No. No? Okay. No. So, in fact, by the time we really started hiring a lot of people, I was becoming more and more focused on, I was focused mainly on, uh, uh, getting out there, PR, okay. PR, PR marketing, and marketing, okay, and of course uh, quality control and uh, sometimes product development still. Okay, great. Product development was obviously very essential in the beginning and continued to be, uh, and then product improvement. I was always like, well, wait a minute, this product could be better for this reason, that reason, and um, right. I was able to do that, and that was great. Cool. So the first time I tried your bread that I can recall was either in 07 or 08, because I remember seeing one of the videos, too, and I think it was the good one. <laughs> um, uh, when you guys started to go out to the stores, how, how receptive were they to the story? Did they love it right away? <laughs> That's Is it a little... another great story. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, was, it, it varied. And what I, what I discovered is you know, stores have buyers. They have people that are just what they do is they buy. They are their buyers, and they 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 find suitable products that they're that they think their employees or not employees, but their uh, customers will appreciate and and buy. Um, so buyers are notoriously, in my experience, um, uh, resistant and uh, close-minded mm-hmm. because if it's not a proven product, they don't want it. Right. So that's the hard. That's the hurdle you got to do with a new product is, you got to prove it somewhere else before you can get it in the store. Right. I was able to prove it with um, with farmers market activity, and they got so many requests, but they still were resistant because mm. it was still a relatively small number of people doing this. Uh, so, Fred Meyer was our first uh, first great success or great uh, you know acquisition, mm-hmm. and. You know, New Seasons, actually New Seasons was our first bigger one. Uh, the very first pers- uh, company who let me, let a few loaves of my bread in was Food Front Co-op mm. in Northwest Portland. Mm-hmm. And I spent so much time in that store pushing my product. Right. And I mean, I was so passionate and so 
and I was always being uplifted by the people who read my bread and going, dude, this is this shit's killer. And, and it's like, I know that. That's why I called it that. So yeah. I think there's an authenticity that I've seen with Dave, and I've known him almost 10 years now, and that I think is very rare. And I think that's what works in today's marketing, where I think he was ahead of the trend. And just like, hey, I love my bread. I want you to love it too. What do you think? And it was that honest. And he's right. always been that way. And you know, so it, I think that's a huge part of his success. And also the, the, the blatant comment that he makes of, you know, I love people. And I, I see that in his life on a regular basis with all kinds of people. Mm -hmm. You know, as a good close friend, I see a lot of people, you know, do come after him right. or, or want to, like, hey, help me, Dave. And, and it's like, you know, but he's got such a big heart. And it's. I think there's a good, mm -hmm. po there's a good point in the auth authenticity thing, subject. And uh, we'll get into these things over the over these these uh these shows it's gonna, right. i think it's going to be amazing yeah. uh but you know mj um understands the value of authenticity right so to that end what he does is he tries to uh emulate me as uh his as how to be authentic <laughs> how's he and, doing and here's the lesson here's the <laughs> lesson so much help Here, here's the, here's the lesson to that if you're trying to be like somebody else who's authentic <laughs> Shut up. You're not being reflect authentic. on that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, that's just that's obviously a lie. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Well, you know, I think Michael. I think that's a really good point. I think when you look at a lot of really exceptional entrepreneurs, you know, um, they're not even necessarily doing it for the money. That's a nice byproduct, but they're really authentic, nice, decent human right. beings. Right. That's my experience too. And. I think that's an excellent point because I, I came out of the music business, got into serious web development and then video and then business strategies overall, mm -hmm. big and small clients mm -hmm. across the country. Mm -hmm. And th I think the mis the, the, a horrible myth in business today is that you got to be an asshole to be at the top. And right. my experience is that the majority of people that are really at the top or really successful are pretty decent people. Mm -hmm. You know, there might be people under them that make them look like idiots or, or jerks or something. But I think, by and large, my experience with real people that are real leaders mm -hmm. are that they're decent, kind people, and they really want to do the right thing. They want to do the right thing, and they want to use their business to make the world a better place, yep. uh -huh. even if they don't necessarily articulate it that yeah. way. Which, I mean, that's part of Dave's mm -hmm. story. Well, really, the thing is, about making the world a better place is it's your world. Right. You know, why not make it better if yep. you can? Yeah, right? that's yep. a great point. Well, and that goes to some people, too, that kind of try to then demonize capitalism. It's like, hey, you know, if we can develop millions of new businesses around the world, that's going to empower people. Yep. People yeah. to hire other people and things that really need to happen. Yeah, great leaders are so inspiring. To that, That's what moves the world. Yep, yep. It's not going to be politics, people. Yeah. I think, you know, exactly. with, with this show being about, you know, people getting out of prison and, and all that stuff, um, you know, I think those are really good points because, you know, the... the what maybe got them in there mm -hmm. might, you know, uh, can be uh, a, a better path on the way out in terms of looking at, like, hey, who am I? And, and right. instead of, like, oh, I hate people, maybe, like, hey, I love people. And look, maybe change in that attitude. I mean, speak to that. No? Yeah, well, you know, I just think that I it comes back to, you know, you're making your world better. Uh it's a selfish thing. I used to speak to all kinds of kids and business people. You know, I had an amazing run doing this, uh, speaking to a lot of people. And one, one of the things I would say is, um, you know, it's your world. It's, uh, you know, why would you, why do you want to pollute it? Uh, negativity, for one, for one, any kind of negativity at all, carrying that around and acting um, and never think, every negative thought, you know, this is, this is pretty standard stuff, but people don't think about it. Um, every negative thought needs to be replaced with a positive thought. You know, every uh, negative action starts with a negative thought. And um, these, are, these are things that you just, these are simple things, simple mm -hmm. truths. They're kind of, uh, with me, when I got out of prison, it was, um, I, was I was into the, um, I was kind of guided by the Eightfold Buddhist Path, uh, Buddhist Eightfold Path. And it's, all, it's eight right concepts hmm. uh, right thought right action right meditation so simple but hmm. if you think I'm gonna do the next right thing um, and then something is fighting that with you is the next right thing and you don't want to do the next right thing well think about that you know why why is that right uh, and so the next right thing for me was always like okay I've smoked cigarettes well that's not a good thing but at least I'm not gonna throw the cigarette on the ground the bed on the ground when I'm done right you know and these are every little change 
uh, like what's my footprint? Right. What, what kind of what am I doing? Well, thoughts are things, mm-hmm. and and like you said earlier, when you stop doing not good things, that allows for at the top to add better things to it. Yeah. And, and if you do that in a authentic and a real way, you're gonna make things better. Yeah, and you said you said something about politics being. Um, uh, not the way to for us to change the world. I, I agree with that. I mean, I, I can't think of a more important point. Um, I from the time I got out of prison, I was like, I'll never do politics. I don't want to. I don't want to get. I don't want to change the world with taxpayer money. Right. I'm like, <laughs> first of all, I don't, I don't like taxes. Right. Number two, people don't like to pay taxes, so you're, you're they're going to be resistant to this great idea. Uh, you got to, you've got to rally people. I think um, you know it'd be great to start my own foundation where it was it followed these principles that I have in my mind. Uh, but I'm not I'm not into the work of that. You know, but right, right. Uh, but yeah, I like to support things that are doing that where um, the effort is is people like minded people or people who are. Uh, who agree with you agree with this idea and are passionate about changing things and making things better uh they're the ones who are going to put money in it they're going to put effort into it and instead of trying to wrestle it away from taxpayers right no i agree well and and in addition to that i think there's a lot of uh i've done a lot of work with entrepreneurs around the world and in developing countries and all and you know, there's obviously billions of dollars through nonprofits and NGOs going into those areas. And when you talk to those people sometimes, it's like, well, great, you know, when's the last time you were there? And you talk to somebody making $2 a day, it's like, yeah, we really don't talk to the people locally. Yeah. We have other locals do that. And it's like, well, how's that going to fix yeah. anything? Right. Where, where does that money really go? You know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. A lot of times, even the opposite in the, the, the organizations on the ground will bring local people in and pay them kind of U.S. wages. In which they never want to lose that job because yeah. they're used to making sixty bucks a month, and all of a sudden they're making two or three thousand. It's like it, it actually adds to the problem. Mm-hmm. Isn't that amazing? Good intentions often pave the way to hell, right? Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. So, why don't you talk to the listeners, uh, maybe a, a little bit about the transition out of Dave's Killer Bread? Well, that's a there's a there's a less less fun part. Okay. Uh, um, we're here so, for the pain. Yeah. Sold half the company. Um, yep. Sold half the company in 2012. There was, uh, at that point, I was really beginning to uh, drink more uh, because I I had reached this point where I was this I was celebrating life. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow. Look, I, mean, Hell yeah. I always was celebrating life. Now I was celebrating this different kind of success. Sure. And I had money and I had somebody to drive me. And so here I was, we were drinking and driving all the time, but I wasn't driving. I was drinking, he was driving. Right, right. So uh, it was working out for me. I thought, well, this is great. And um, so I would drink, I would do these, uh, these, these talks. And then I would go, I'd, you know, go celebrate afterwards, you know, mm-hmm. and it just got, it kind of got out of hand over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, it's interesting. I, I do want to say that, uh, you know, as I was speaking, I wasn't speaking and preaching about recovery or, you know, not, right. not using drugs or anything right. like that. Um, I was talking about success. I was talking mm-hmm. about my turnaround and success. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I never felt like I was uh, being uh, disingenuous. Sure. And, uh, I, I had, uh, so to make a long story short, you know, one time somebody asked me, what was it? Uh, uh, so how's your relationship with Bill W? And this was mm. in, the, in the big group. And Bill W was the founder of AA. Uh, I knew that at the time, but yeah. I, I came back with something like, uh, well, Bill wants to go have a drink with me after we're done here. Uh, he's more than, more than welcome. And, you know, people would respond well to that because mm. it was just honest. Mm-hmm. Um, but so... Eventually, though, it became, and a lot of this was in reaction to changing dynamics in the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it grew, my uh, my ability to control things kind of uh, was slipping away. And so, uh, you know, it was just more and more drinking, which made my made this transition uh, not what I would have liked to have been, mm-hmm. you know. Because uh, I was, as a, you know, losing control of everything, including the story, the 
uh, you know the the PR. Mm -hmm. It was it was not feeling good. I was becoming mm -hmm. because of the way that uh, the dynamics in the company, the way they were changing. I was becoming more and more resentful. Yeah. And eventually, uh, by the time we sold this, before we sold the second part of the company, uh, I had my own uh, you know public breakdown. That was really, really tough, mm -hmm. and uh, resulted in um, the most, the biggest, and most profound depression I'd ever experienced. Mm -hmm. And I'd been pretty depressed before. Right. But uh, the cool thing about this, this, but the depression I, I had this time was that I was way, I even though I was struggling just uh, every day just to do my thing, mm -hmm. um, I was more equipped for it. I, I had experienced I had experienced my personal transformation before and I was no longer suicidal like I had been. I never became suicidal again. Right. I was like, I'll get through this. Part of me said, I'll get through this. <clears throat> and eventually I did. Mm -hmm. and, and the African art, uh, I got into this African art stuff and uh, that was a rabbit hole to help me forget right. about me and my this Dave right. from Dave's Killer Bread thing. When, when that happened at that level, did, did you feel support? from public Portland? Did you feel, other than there were obviously some really bad things happening, but did you feel supported or, okay? Well, it, it was the first time, it was the very first time in my life that my haters or my detractors uh, had ammunition, you know, because mm -hmm. I was I was kind of spot, uh, spotless or, you know, I was, uh, you couldn't really get me. I right. Because I was always doing the right thing. I mean, I was, I was always my focus. Uh, but when I did this, it, it, it opened up um, a lot of negativity uh, toward me, mm -hmm. and a lot of that actually came from you know inside my company, but uh, and and unnaturally because there was fear that I was going to bring the company down. Right. Um, but there's a lot there, and uh, but but I got something when I read that Willamette Week article that came out. It was called Breaking Bread, mm -hmm. uh, and the, and it had a. It had a caption. It looked like the Breaking Bad right. Uh, right. reference, and um, it was so hard to read. You know the the negativity of that. The, it, and uh, I mean, it made it look like somebody was actually accusing me of killing somebody because a guy died after he left my house one time. We right. were all drinking together. This guy died. Uh, it just got it just got so ugly. And um, there was ammunition. Mm -hmm. uh, there was all this ammunition. That people had uh, to say, "Hey, he's not a good guy," right? And it hurt. It hurt yep. a lot. But there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of love. So a lot of that. Yeah. It's funny because it's one of those things where you were the underdog, <clears throat> you made a lot of money, and now you're at the top, and people want to yank you the fuck down. Mm -hmm. Not a lot of people, but no. it's like it's that story, and that's you get that gets back to your stories of positivity versus negativism, <laughs> and you know, and and some people. They just want to see that rather than just encourage people to do the best they possibly can. Yeah. Well, some people are very resentful uh, that I've been able to do this at coming out of prison when, they, when they've been working all their lives to do something and uh, they don't, you know, they've been honest or whatever right. and they're not getting what I got. Well, right. um, there's a lot of different ways to look at that. And uh, so there's that resentment. You know, they haven't learned how to be open-hearted toward, mm -hmm. toward uh, wow, success is great. You know, I, I want to succeed, too. And, right. I, and really being successful in your life is not about making money anyway. Exactly. Not, not, you know, you got to make enough money to, get, to, to do okay. But, yeah, I, was, I didn't get happy because I got money. In right. fact, it was kind of right. challenging to stay happy. So, so outside of telling those people to adjust their attitudes, mm -hmm. which obviously they need to, what, what do you suggest to them as far as a couple of action steps they should take? I would say, um, you know, focus on the positive. Uh, if, you, if you catch yourself <laughs> looking at someone who's successful and has had human, is humanly frail, is, you know, uh, like every, all of us have issues, which is maybe not as public. Uh, you know, look at it, just look at yourself, be humble, be real. And, you know, it's a hard thing to do. It's hard to be yourself because, you know, sometimes we don't know who our self is because we're so caught up in all these, uh, you know, the, the, these these layers of the onion. Right. That, you know, you're just not yourself. And um, I've been fortunate to find out who I think I am most of the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I just I wish that upon everybody. I, I don't wish neg negative things toward anybody. There's people that I really 
don't even that I don't like, mm-hmm. and I don't wish them greatness. <laughs> but uh, I I also do my best not to be to be have a negative influence in the world. So I I think that how great it is if you can just be constantly be thinking about positive things. And if you're going to beat up on somebody, um, that's not positive. Unless it's lad. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, uh, somebody's got to be the punching bag. Someone's got to really punch it out there. <laughs> he can take it. Yeah, he's actually, we're driving down the road one time, and he went to do one of those fake punches at me and knocked my glasses off. <laughs> Couldn't see. I was driving. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a good one. <laughs> don't, don't take this the wrong way, but when I hear this, I, in the back of my mind, I hear kind of Benny Hill music. Exactly. kind of fast-speed film. And, we're, yeah, we're always rolling. Wait, sometimes, we, we, what, is our joke, what is our joke number? What is our joke uh, rating system? Oh, I'll tell you what it is. Uh, you know, basically, um, if we're telling a joke... And especially if it's about the other one, we just say, uh, okay, that if the joke makes you laugh, you know, a real laugh, right. it's a six. If anything from that point on, uh, a seven would be, um, you know, hey, a belly laugh. Right. Eight is like, and then, you know, <laughs> it just keeps going. And ten, number ten is really hard to, to right. make happen because you die laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Anything under a six is, is, you know, you might as well kill yourself. Right, right. So. Yeah, so, so Dave will make a joke about me. Even though it was funny and it is a six, I still rate it as a four, and he'll do the same thing <laughs> back to me because just out of fear of ten. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah late. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. Okay, um, Michael, what are you working on now? Um, that you can share with just my my business and yeah. Well, what your business and, and and what you're working on with Dave? Oh, well, yeah. uh, Dave. Um, well, since we we've known each other ten years now, and uh, seen him through. You know, when he was living at the little the little townhouse, I mean, from that to you know, where he's at now is quite a quite a jump. It's it's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, it's an honor and I think a privilege to know Dave this long and be kind of a, a inside creative force and talk about all kinds of things. And you know that you talk to not just as business associates but friends, mm-hmm. real friends, almost like family. And um, <clears throat> I'm excited about Dave with the next, uh, his future, mm-hmm. because it's one thing to have, you know, what he's accomplished, which, you know, is pretty rare. Mm-hmm. I mean, I work with so many different business people, and Dave is the only one I know that is a living cartoon. I mean, his, his, his yep. face and body and guitar and name is on a bread, yeah. bread bag that now is truly national. Uh, where I live in Philadelphia, it, it finally came here in the last year. And so people finally are starting to know it. But yet Dave is really, you know, separated from that um, because of the buyout. So mm-hmm. now it's about doing a cool show like this mm-hmm. and really helping Dave, um, you know, with, with the be the change you wish to be in the world. You know, he is that change. He's been through a lot. He doesn't say I'm perfect, you know, and but he. Uh, no, you are. You are perfect. <laughs> I didn't say me. No, no, no. Yeah. You got <laughs> no, that covered for him. Right. If, if he's not perfect, why does he always make me take 20 pictures to get the right one? <laughs> <laughs> so we're, um, you know, talking about different business things, uh, some media stuff, mm-hmm. um, just kind of overall, not reinventing, but I think um, exposing mm-hmm. more of true, true Dave, where he has, you know, the control, the, the leadership, and the... Um, the opportunities that, that he wishes to see on, on all kinds of people. So it's pretty exciting. And I think this show's really, I think it's awesome. Yeah, and one of the things, I mean, he just helps me get, he helps me, you know, uh, ground myself, but he, he also, you know, he, he, he brings a lot of skill mm-hmm. uh, to the branding thing. And, uh, yeah, and really what branding is for me is just being myself to the, the best I can, the best ability that I have. Right. And, yeah. and, for me, and for me, it's doing good. You know, again, you're, you're making your world better. It's right. so simple. Yeah. Um, it's not easy to always do that. But uh, if I, I guide my, my future by, you know, what kind of 
cool stuff can I can I accomplish? Right. But, you know, sometimes it may be selfish, but uh, more selfish than about other people. And so, you know, because I'm vain, uh, you know, honestly, there's a little vanity in me, maybe a lot. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of things. So, I mean, I get, I, I got to be real about it. But it, I think there's also the thing. Well, I can do more good if I look better. So, <laughs> well, you, you know, it's pretty the, much true. No, the no, thing no. is with uh, with David and and the reason why he wants to get out there and market himself a little more, it's a continuing process of uh, trying to help others accomplish their goals as well. It's mm -hmm. not just Dave trying to promote himself and get out there. Mm -hmm. It's Dave trying to get something you know, meaningful for, for the rest of the guys and yep. gals that have been in and out yep. of prison. And, and it's so satisfying and, to see that, yep. uh, someone succeed you yep. know, uh, and be happy. That's just such a huge part of it because the thing is with philanthropy is you, know, you can give it all away tomorrow. And it can be done, yeah. but yeah. but when you're you and Who you can you? encourage yeah. people to do stuff, that's endless. That's not going to run away. I want them to enjoy the journey. I yep. want them to go, wow, you know, and not to go, well, I'll be happy when I get to this. Now, I'm happy to be aiming for that, to that I have this opportunity right. to, to work yep. toward this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enjoy the ups and downs, the mm -hmm. failures and the successes. I mean, because, you know, it, it's it, it may be an old an old concept, but you just have to embrace the fact that, you know, it's, it's your failures are just steps or stepping stones yep. to the success. You know, not, not to toot Dave and what he, what he does, but I'm probably going to do a lot, a lot of that on here because I know, of I know a lot of yeah, Dave, what yeah. Dave does. He probably toot will. his horn. <laughs> Wait, he doesn't have much of a horn. <laughs> so can't do a lot of tooting. What is a flute? It's a flute. Oh, skin, anyway. Skin flute. Was that a, was that a three? Yeah, he rolled out of bed and let that lad, fall out. That was about a two, but lad, <laughs> lad's always talking about my skin flute. I don't know what the deal is with that. But anyway, today when I leave, you know, uh, we're uh, donating some stuff from uh, Discover African Art, Dave's uh, um, African Art business, and to uh, Central City Concern, yeah. oh, um, nice. which is a great um, program here in the Portland area. My current pet charity. Mm -hmm. I really believe in what they're doing. I think it's, it's in line with what I'm up to. So They're such a great organization. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's things under wraps that we don't want to get into sure. yet, but the best place to check things out will be davedoll360.com right. and see what's coming out. So, yeah. Or in the next episode. Oh, or the one next, after that. Next episode. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you cool. got it. You got to keep coming back. It's <laughs> yeah. going to be good, man. Oh, and I, I don't know if you know this or not, or Dave's discussed this with you, but we have a band. It's called the Killer Granddaddies. Yeah. Killer Granddaddies, And uh, nice. hopefully on, uh, on this, on this uh, um, thing we can put it to some music. Upcoming things we're going to yeah. be doing. Yeah, I had to point you to, uh, to my Facebook, my personal Facebook page. Uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago, we, we posted a little bit of a couple tastes of, oh, us, nice. of us jamming okay. uh, in the living room. And uh, so... I want you to see it so, cool. you, so you know that it's not going to be too bad. That's you know? not too bad. That's <laughs> awesome. Okay, listeners. Well, thanks for listening to our first episode of Felony Inc. Podcast with your host, Dave Dahl, on Startup Radio Network. Um, before we head out, Lad, any last thoughts? Well, I just want to let everybody know out there that um, if you come and listen to us, you're going to learn a little bit about uh, the inside and out of uh, formerly incarcerated people. And Dave has great insight. I do, too. Um, MJ probably won't be here too much no but uh we thank mj for being here today perfect any last words there mj i'm excited about the show for you too i think uh, dave uh really loves people lad they get along great they're old friends and i think their their understanding of you know prison life post-prison life um the second chances that dave helped start with the with the um, bakery is quite phenomenal, so I think it'll be fun to continue those things. Cool. And I think Lad's going to, you know, bring bring the gay audience. And uh, <laughs> I'm I'm very much in favor of uh, supporting the gay the gay uh, part of our society. Yeah. Who knew we'd end it there? So, okay, <laughs> listeners. You'll get in trouble for that well, one. I love everybody. It doesn't matter what you are. It's but. true. That was a one. Every, everything's fair game, everybody. Okay, we will uh, tune in next week, and uh, we, will, uh, we appreciate you being here. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.